Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. God has a divine agenda in his miraculous manifestations. Hi, this is Keith Tusi. Welcome to Leadership in Context. Hey, we're going to start a couple lessons today called Embracing the Supernatural. And uh, I want to look at Elijah to start out with. I want to go to 1 Kings uh, 17 because here's where we are introduced to the prophet Elijah and a great number of miracles that happened in his ministry are contained in a very condensed form here right away. So I'm just going to read uh, from the second or first Kings. I'm sorry, I said second Kings. I meant first Kings. First Kings 17 verse 1 says, Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab. So he's speaking directly to the king, the king of Samaria. You know, it was a split kingdom at that time. As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So here we have the beginning of four miracles that are interrelated. Number one is the drought, where Elisha calls for a drought or Elijah calls for a drought, and the drought begins to happen. Then the Lord directs him to go. Uh, into the wilderness, and the ravens take care of him. That would be a miracle because they came right at dinner time a couple times a day. So I think that would be a miracle. Then he encounters a widow when the brook dries up, and he tells her if she feeds him that her flour will never run out, and that comes to pass. And then later in that story, her son dies, and Elijah raises him from the dead. So in in these 24 verses of 1 Kings 17, we have we have four miracles that are connected. And I think that's an important point. When you see miracles in the scripture, when you see historic miracles, and when you see legitimate miracles in your life, they're almost always connected to another kind of leapfrog or secondary event that is going to happen. So very seldom are miracles just one item that happens and they're standalone events and you just stand in awe and then go about and do your business. Usually they are connected yet to another item because God has a divine agenda in that miraculous manifestation. And so in our lives, this principle should should look like this. When we give God credit, when we give him praise and honor for things he's doing in our life, uh, whether they're blessings or they're miracles, and those are two different things. A blessing is when God's favor comes on you. It's not a suspension of natural, but it's God blessing you in the natural. There is still something greater he wants to do. You get a physical blessing, you get a financial blessing, you get the blessing of speaking to somebody about the kingdom. There's something greater yet that that's connected to. That, of course, is true with miracles. So we have four of them that are tied together here. Uh, I want to focus on the two middle ones, especially here, because I think they speak, at least to my heart, a little more clearly. So there's a miracle that happens. Elijah confronts the wicked king Ahab. 
the Lord preempts him and tells him to go into hiding and not to worry about anything. And Elijah uh, obeys the voice of God. He obeyed the voice of God in public, and he obeyed, obeyed the voice of God in private. That's worth considering. He confronts the king in public, and then God speaks to him and says, I want you to go and hide yourself, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you. And then in verse 6, it says, The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. So, you know, the, the ravens were, were, were better than some delivery services, okay? They, they showed up at the exact right time, and they brought him both bread and they, bought him, they brought him meat to eat. And uh, he was by a brook so that he had water. Now, one of the interesting things that happens here is that the brook dries up. So I want you to wrap your head around this. So there's a supernatural miracle where God tells the prophet to speak to the king, no rain for three years. That starts. Then he says, I want you to go and hide yourself. I'm going to give you a nice little brook action here. I'm going to send a raven. The raven's going to feed you. Now, you would think with the flow of miracles here that, that he would have a spring that was just gurgling. and uh, But the fact is that in the midst of miracles happening, there are still natural things that are happening as well. So as a result of the drought, the brook dries up. Okay, that, that's a natural thing. Just because there was a miracle on one hand doesn't mean that there was a miracle on the other hand. I mean, the ravens are feeding him. The ravens are bringing him bread and meat twice a day to take care of him. But in spite of that, the brook still dries up. Now, you know, there, there's a little bit of a spiritual lesson here. I don't want to get too far afield off. And that is, you know, the brook dries up so you can go somewhere else and dig a well. And, and there's a spiritual lesson there uh, that, that may apply to your life right now. But God uses miracles to move people. And then he then there are times when there are not miracles, and he uses those to move people. I, I think that's a fair statement. So the next thing that happens is the Lord says, I'm, I'm going to send you to Zarephath, and you're going to find a widow there. And uh, so he finds this widow. Uh, and he says to her in verse 14, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bowl of flour shall be, not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty, until the day the Lord sends the rain on the face of the earth. So Elijah says, Look, if you feed me, you've scraped the bottom of the barrel, literally. God's going to keep things flowing for you. And uh, that's exactly what happens because in verse 16, it says the bowl flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. So here's a great principle for miracles. God is looking for faith, not resources. Okay. When Elijah went out to the middle of nowhere, it was not dependent on, hey, there's a country store out there. Or, you know, I've got a I've got a safe house there, or I've got a, a prophet friend there. God said, I just want you to go there. And so faith is always engaged in the working of that miracle. And it's important to realize that God picks people who have faith, not people that have resources necessarily. Very important lesson. 
Uh, I, I would put it like this. Vision produces provision. So God is always trying to stir the what up in our heart. This is what he wants to do. And then as we move in faith, the how, like how are you going to do that, God? See, that will stumble you. That will stop you every time rather than saying, God, what do you want to do? God, Elijah knew what God wanted to do. He says it in the first verse. He says, as the Lord God of Israel lives. And we know in a short order in the next chapter, he's going to prove that God is alive. He's going to take out the prophets of Baal. But that's his mission to show that God is alive, that God is reigning over the universe for those who will come under his kingdom jurisdiction and under his kingdom rule. So miracles happen even though there are natural events like the brook drying up. So there's kind of you know, what we could call a miracle sandwich here, maybe, or, or miracle bookends, uh, that you should not suppose that just because God knew very obviously in a supernatural way that everything now connected to that situation is going to be supernatural. You're still going to have to obey God. Elijah had to obey God, get up from this great brook. I don't know about you, but if but if there's a drought and the king is looking for me and I'm in this great brook and I got a, I got, you know, delivery service coming with the meals of the day, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to wonder like, God, why does the brook dry up? Okay. But he listens to God and out of that comes another miracle. And there is a lady and her husband. Okay. And they submit to the prophet and God does something supernatural through that, that the oil and the bread, the flour, continue their sustenance for this period of years that Elijah obviously stays here. Because in the next chapter, it starts with him uh, after many days, right? Uh, after the three years are coming to pass, he's preparing to go and confront Elijah. You know, he gets Ob Obadiah the prophet involved. You can read that story there. Maybe we'll touch base on that in another podcast. But I, I want you to see the intermingling of the natural and the supernatural. I want you to see the engagement of faith and the engagement of God. I want you to see that vision produces provision. And I want you to see that faith is greater than resources or circumstances all the time. What makes you a candidate for a miracle is that you want to show that God is alive, okay? You are not dependent on the circumstances or the conditions or the resources around you. You believe that God can speak to you and through you, okay? Those are kind of the fertile ground for miracles to happen. And of course, during this time, well, he's with the widow of Zarephath. You know, I talked about her husband. I guess the widow of Zarephath did not have a husband, right? Pretty obvious. That's what makes her a widow. <laughs> so uh, it just proves you can even be reading from the Bible and make a mistake even, even as you're reading. But nonetheless, she did have a son. And that son dies. And the last miracle in this chapter is that Elijah throws himself on this son and raises him up 
And then the last verse in the chapter, the, the widow says, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth, even though she had already seen some other miracles. So let me just add this to the end of this. Man does not live by bread alone, i.e. ravens. Man does not live by miracles alone, but he lives by truth. There are people that have been part of very obvious miracles. Those miracles will not sustain them. Truth in who God is, is what sustains you going forward. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. I hope this stirs up your heart to believe God, to search your heart, and to say, is my mission so that people know that God is alive. I believe if that's our mission, it gives the opportunity to the Lord to show up and we can literally blame things on him. Hey, have a great day. Keep your contents up. Expect something good. Remember, God is not dependent on your resources or your circumstances. Today, Keith began a discussion on embracing the supernatural. God is looking for faith, not resources. There is an intermingling of the natural and the supernatural, a connection between the engagement of faith and the engagement of God. Faith is always engaged in the working of miracles, and faith is greater than resources or circumstances. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.